Live at 5 Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, the late scheduled uh, home game, Jim, for the Timberwolves uh, last night, as uh, that was the one that they came up with as to complete their schedule as part of the in-season tournament against the Spurs. Timberwolves looked a little rusty, but you know what? These days they seem to step on the gas in the fourth quarter, so good win for them. Yeah, you know, they're, they're the best record in the NBA. They're playing a team on a long losing streak, uh, and they had Anthony Edwards coming off an injury and looking re- very rusty and uncomfortable and not sure of his shot. And all those things combined to a really sluggish start to the game. They did not play good well in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second half, Rudy Gobert just destroyed everyone, and, and uh, everybody played a little bit better uh, and got it going a little bit. But Gobert was just unbelievable last night. Uh, and after the game, Finch said that uh, he's never seen Gobert play better than he's playing right now. And I, I agree. And, and Gobert agreed, too. Yeah. There aren't that many guys that can just impose their will on a game. Uh, he is one of them. Now, a lot of guys impose their will offensively. Uh, and, of course, there's LeBron James and guys like that. But when you're not thinking about the top three or four guys in the NBA, there isn't that many. And then Gobert is one of them. He can do it. He can do it, and uh, you know, Wembenyama. We know what kind of skill that guy has. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna have a great career, but he could not function with Gobert playing defense against him. Yeah. Gobert just forced him away from the basket. He made a couple nice plays, but he just couldn't get any traction uh, with Gobert defending him. Gobert wrecked, and Gobert was a force on the offensive end. And you know, we've talked about Gobert a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that's cool to see is he's, you know, last year. The idea was, hey, this guy, you know, he can shoot from five feet, and he can—he is a, a loader, and he's a teardrop, and we can use his full offensive capabilities, and it never worked. And now he's saying, uh, I'm not—I don't need to touch the ball a lot, but when I touch the ball, I'm going to dunk on somebody. Yeah. They're going to have to foul me to stop me. And he's simplifying his offensive approach. He's, what he's done this year is he simplified his offensive approach, which has worked very well, mm-hmm. and he's diversified his defensive approach and gone to, gone to chasing people all over the floor and contesting three-point shots as well as defending the rim. And the combination is making him yeah, one of the more valuable players in the NBA right now. This is who uh, Tim Connolly had seen play against his Denver Nuggets uh, so many times uh, while with Utah and expected this type of uh, performance from Gobert. Didn't get it last year. Myriad reasons uh, could have been possible for that. And, and it's good to see this really start to develop and come to fruition. You know, best record in the NBA kind of speaks for itself. It does. And, uh, you know, so many things went wrong last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he comes in, he played a lot during the summer in Eurobasket, and he just came in tired and he didn't have a major injury, but he was nicked up a lot. Uh, and, when, you know, when your feet don't work very well, your hands aren't going to work very well. Mm-hmm. Then they uh, overestimated his offensive capabilities, which made him look stupid because he was not the guy who was going to catch the ball, and you know, on a fast break and dribble twice and dunk it. He needs to do what he's doing this year. Uh, the fact that he and D'Angelo Russell couldn't stand each other was a major factor. Uh, the fact that Ant and Gobert took a while to learn how to play together uh, hurt him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Towns, who was the most eager guy to welcome him, was sick in training camp and missed most of the season with injury, uh, that hurt him. Um, you know, I really think Finch, I think really think Finch and, and Connolly, if they made a mistake, it wasn't trading for Gobert. It was trying to make him 
more than he had been before, hmm. uh, you know, and trying to expand his offensive uh, uh, repertoire. He's best off doing this, dominating on the defensive end, dominating the boards, and dunking it when he catches it. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that he and D'Lo didn't get along, that they couldn't stand one another. Uh, that's a little bit, you have to be careful with personalities. I mean, didn't they bring D'Lo in? At, I mean, it was mainly to get rid of Andrew Wiggins, but in part because he and Cat were good friends? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it, it, was, it was both things. They were sick of Wiggins, and, and they w- were, you know, at that time, Towns was their best player, uh, and they wanted Towns to be happy, and they thought that was a good move. And, 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 you know, that was not illogical, and they did need to get rid of Wiggins. It's just Russell was, Russell, as with every other, other stop he's had in the NBA, he ends up disappointing you. He has skills, he can shoot it, uh, he can handle it, but the, you know, the, the, some total is less than the accumulation of his parts. He just doesn't end up winning games for you. Yeah. Hey, I just want to get your reaction uh, to this. On the front page of the ESPN website right now is their senior golf writer, Mark Schlebaugh, posting that John Rahm mm-hmm. is indeed going to live golf. Have you heard that? For about $600 million. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it's funny. Because, uh, when he was interviewed about it last year, he said, Hey, I, this isn't real golf. Uh, it's no cut. It's three days. It's not playing against the best in the world. And hey, would my uh, his quote was, "Would my lifestyle change at all if I went there for four hundred million dollars?" No, it wouldn't. I don't need that. And now he's going for six hundred million dollars. So uh, it, I think it's highly disappointing. John Rahm has always struck me as one of the good guys. You know, he has, he's fiery on on the course, but he's always struck me as one of the good guys. And this is just. It's just a money grab. It has nothing to do with sports. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with competition. It's just a money grab, and it's a money grab from evil people. I do you think? I mean, I agree with you on Rom. Is there's? I think there's other reasons for him too. Do you think he's trying to force the PGA Tour to merge? With live because we know how he feels about Sergio and how the Ryder Cup European team treated Sergio. He didn't like that at all. Do you think that's behind some of this? I, I don't know. Um, you know, there could be other feel, feelings that that pave the way for this decision. But I tend to, having dealt with athletes for many many decades now, mm. I think they just hit a price point where he's like, God, how do I turn that down? Yeah. I would have a hard time with six hundred million. <laughs> that is a lot of money, I guess. But, but I, 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 you know what? I don't think I would take Saudi money. Yeah, uh, a lot of it, U.S. corporations are taking it. Uh, unfortunately, yes. yeah, including many of the PGA Tour uh, partners, corporate partners. So it's a All tough, true. tough spot to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Gophers play well last night too, Jim. Uh, they look really good. And uh, Ola Joseph, wh- where has this been? I mean, he attacked the offensive glass. He was dunking the basketball. He was active and physical. He's always been an effort player on the defensive end who looked kind of lost on the offensive end. And I think he found out how he should play. Go to the offensive board. Play with force. Um, you know, drive it to the rim. He actually made a, a really nice shot from outside, too, which we really haven't seen much from him. I mean, this is, you know, listen, I'm not going to pretend this is a big game. It's Nebraska and Minnesota early in the Big Ten season. We don't know if either of these teams are any good. Right. But that was one of the most stunning games I've ever seen. <laughs> they were down by 17 to Nebraska with a minute left in the, in the first half with their only player that we know is an above-average Big Ten player, Dawson Garcia. He's mm-hmm. by far their best player. He's injured, and he come, couldn't. He tried to come back, and he couldn't play. 
without their best player, they destroyed Nebraska over the last 21 minutes of that game. They yeah. destroyed them. Uh, they had everybody hitting three-point shots. They had everybody diving on the floor and playing fierce defense. Braden Carrington, who's been a disappointment as a guy who's supposed to be a specialty shooter for this, for this program, played crazy good defense. Ola Joseph played crazy good defense. Harold Payne played the way you want to see him play. Uh, you know, Hawkins and Mitchell both played really well, and I wasn't sure we were ever going to see that. Right. Uh, this was this was a, you know, I, I don't know if this is a breakthrough or a one-off, but man, it was impressive. Yeah, you know, eleven assists for Eli Hawkins. That that helps everybody when you have a point guard that's distributing the ball like that. Yes, and he also hits shots. Yep. And you know, one of the things about point guards is their lives become much easier. It's much easier to distribute when you're enough of a threat that defenders have to come out on you. And, and he, he was able to hit open shots yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. So a terrific win for them. And Don Plitzewhite's team continues to play well. I, I don't know if the Kentucky women's basketball program, it's not on par with the men's, few are. Uh, but nonetheless, to go into Rupp Arena and, and win against Kentucky, good for them too. Yeah, Kentucky's not particularly good, and they only had seven players active last night. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I, if you want to, it wasn't like they beat a really good team, but we continue to see Mara Braun just excel. Uh, just mm-hmm. no, she doesn't turn the ball over. She shoots extremely well. She can shoot the three. Uh, she can make a play for her teammates. Uh, you know, uh, Hart played well. Uh, Gorkowski continues to play well. So I, I think even though it's not a great opponent. It's probably a building block for that team to go on the road and win one. Yeah, at least it's an SEC team and so many people yeah. have heard of, so maybe a few more eyeballs on TV uh, to watch it too. Uh, the winter meetings, are are they over today, I think, aren't they? Yes. Uh, and yes. Not not too much. The Yankees make a trade. Of course, still no Otani signing either. No, and, you know, I talked about some potential suitors with you earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, two teams I didn't talk about are the Dodgers and the Giants. Those are two very logical teams. So I really think it's kind of Toronto, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Anaheim seem to be the finalists. feels like the Cubs are out of it. Nobody really knows, but the fact that Dave Roberts is willing to talk about it when Otani's camp didn't want anybody talking about it almost seems to lead me to believe believe that the Dodgers are in pretty good shape. Yeah, and then I saw the Toronto GM talking about Otani yesterday on, I, I like to watch some of the talk TV from out there, and, and he was talking about him too. And I had heard that yeah. as well, that Otani's camp didn't want any chatter about it, which in a way is a little unfortunate. Uh, you know, he, he's the biggest star in the game. He's somebody who could really take baseball a lot more into the mainstream fans' uh, uh, you know, consciousness, and yet they're being really quiet about it. I think it would help if he was a little more open. Uh, yeah, Harold Reynolds went on a rant on that on MLB Network, and he was absolutely right. He was saying this is might be the number one athlete in the world when yeah. you consider uh, his historical relevance as a pitcher and uh, all-star pitcher and all-star hitter uh, in this era. Someone who is an international superstar. Uh, you know, the Asian countries care about him. Americans care about him, and he's being wooed by some of the biggest franchises in, in the sport. Mm-hmm. This should be celebrate this pursuit should be a big deal and it really is a shame that they're that his camp is downplaying it this is this is you know can you imagine if you know when one of these times when lebron james was looking for a new team if if nobody talked about it it would just it's bizarre almost yeah it kind of is uh but he's just a very private guy in a in a and in a situation that's very difficult for him to have privacy uh jim thanks so much 
Thanks, Todd. All right, live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.